0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Millennial Catholic. I am your host, Andrew Miller, along with the one and only Father Scott. Ooh, it's me. It is you. Yes. So, Father Scott, this week you are at retreat in Chicago. That's right. Somehow is, I, have, I have.
1: I have learned into the future. I now and, Or in the past. I don't know what's going on anymore. I, I don't we have different times happening. So, yeah, I'm going to be in uh, Mundeline To learn this is like a Dagobah for priests. So you go there and the Yodas get together and they teach you arts of moving things with your mind and spiritual direction, really, for seminary.
0: So, okay, that's actually what I want to talk about is is this idea that priests also need to go on retreat and priests also still need to go. And I guess I would call it like continuing education. Yeah, this is continuing education. So how does this how does this work? Right. So you are the pastor here at the St. Edward of the Mm Confessor. How how do you get permission or is it like written down somewhere by the bishop that you have to go to these things or do these things or what have you.
1: So this came from the rector of the seminary uh, who said, we want our guys to go through this formation process for spiritual direction. You're a spiritual director of the seminary. This is kind of what's required. So off you go to Chicago, uh, to Mundelein Seminary, where they'll teach me how to to be an effective spiritual director you are going through the rules of discernment of spirits from St. Ignatius primarily, case studies, you know.
0: So I guess, didn't you learn some of the stuff in seminary already, or is it kind of?
1: And and truthfully, I've learned a lot from practice, Um, just meeting and counseling people uh, in in my life as a pastor. In, In many ways, I've been more formed as a pastor. Uh, precisely because you're dealing with more real-world situations, you learn. You learn from your mistakes, so and that can be very helpful. And uh, yeah, so I, I've done spiritual direction with lay people. Um, to be honest, I, I question whether or not that's even how fruitful that is you know, for 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 them. It's. Uh,
0: Have you seen me? Yes, well,
1: and yes. Have
0: you, have we, but have we done spiritual direction? Again? Yes. Did it
1: work for you? Yes. Good. But it's been many I, moons.
0: It has been many moons. But I also consider this kind it, of spiritual it, direction as well, like what we do in the podcast. Yeah. It, I mean, yes, I put it out there to the world for everyone to hear. So, like, there are some more personal spiritual stuff that I don't talk sure, about here sure. that we have in a one-on-one setting.
1: I would consider this, when we get into the questions, if they came up about your life, more counseling. Uh, which is different than spiritual direction. So counseling is helping you make good decisions,
0: right? Well, yeah, but I mean, we talk spiritual stuff on here as well. How to
1: grow in your relationship with God.
0: Yes, sort of what are we listening for, you know, when we talk to God, what's a good way to talk to God? Correct. So how does y- your concern that it being a lay person won't be as fruitful as being a seminarian? But tonight-
1: well, well, the seminarian is... Um, the seminarian has to rely upon Jesus uh, to, by the nature of their vocation, at a at a at a, at a greater. In, how do I put this? There are not as many worldly consolations for the seminarian as there are for the married man or the the father of a family. Because I've I've been trying to do uh, work with you know some f- fathers and things, and it's just uh, trying to. The kind of spiritual direction I do with a seminarian, with a father or a layman um, or a woman, uh, it's very different. It's very different uh, because the, the seminarian is is really listening intently. Is God calling me to the priesthood? And there's a wrestling with God that the seminarian is engaged in uh, in, a, in a very strong way. Um I remember one, one lady came in once and she's like, Father, i um, very happy. I'm a, I'm a wife. I've got lots of kids and i uh, doing great. I just uh, thought I wanted to check in for spiritual direction. And I said, you're doing great. No need for spiritual direction. Pray the rosary once a day. Be obedient to your husband. Uh, hearken to whatever wisdom I tell you if, if an emergency comes up. But uh, you're doing good. And I, there's kind of like a sometimes I think we can overcomplicate something uh-huh. Uh, and I sometimes I'll see people say, oh, I need a spiritual, I need spiritual direction, Father. I need spiritual direction. I'm like, hey, you just got to kind of think with some common sense here and uh, follow Jesus, be a good Catholic. I, I, I the, the word that comes to mind that I think is helpful is simplicity. The more simple we can be, uh, the better in some of this stuff. Sometimes we get really wrapped up into the, the... You know, I've done these many rosaries or the Divine Mercy chaplets, or I've got a consecration to the so and so, the such and such, or the third order of or the second thing. You know, I, I just, I just wonder. There's, there's, there seems to be a, a joy in the simplicity. I think, I think our conversations together have been edifying to both of us spiritually. But the spiritual, spiritual direction is really. I, I will ask you, what did Jesus tell you? And then
0: you tell me what he told you. So, is there a difference then? Right. So we talked. You just said that. These conversations have helped both of us spiritually. Right. But isn't that what spiritual direction is supposed to do? It's, It's
1: spiritual direction is primarily what is Jesus telling you to do? And then all my job is to help direct you to listen to Jesus and reject the devil. Period. In your prayer. So in spiritual direction... You don't tell me how you're feeling or how your life is going and how your relationship with your wife is or how the kids are, ha- are going on. You tell me this is what came up in my prayer. This is where I think Jesus is
0: leading me. So would it make more sense for you as a pastor of a church mm-hmm. to train people, I guess is the right word mm-hmm. to say, train lay people mm-hmm. to help other lay people in that spiritual discernment and direction?
1: I perhaps, I, I actually think friendship is what they would, would be the best thing we can do is we just need to become better friends with each other as parishioners. Um, we were doing this with the young adults and just yes. the, the friendship that was happening within my house, Saturday nights with pizza, you know, that was a good in and of itself. There, there wasn't official spiritual direction going on. Now, if there's if there's a particular situation, then that that counsel should be given. But I, I think of people like my my mother and my father. In some ways, I think it's perhaps good. They, they can be a unhealthy kind of spiritualization of things. You know what I mean? Like um, like oh, this miracle happened, and, and there's going to be three days of darkness, and we need to get candles ready. I'm going to offend some people. God is going to do this illumination of conscience thing, and then. The you know there's going to be this crazy thing that's going to happen, and Our Lady of Akita said such and such, and I like to delve into this stuff sometimes. But, yes, you do. But, but it's not. That's that, that's that's not that, that that's kind of cursory. The the, the 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 one thing you have to do in the Christian life is learn how to love God more and learn how to love your neighbor more, and and keep it very
0: simple. And um, so here's here's my. I guess two cents issue, whatever you want to say with, with what you were saying about like the three days of darkness and the candles. And Mm -hmm. that almost feels too simple. Mm. Like you're not asking enough questions in prayer. Right. Like if God tells, if God comes to me and says, I'm going to dark, you know, darken, darken the world for three days. Well, why? What Mm. is going on? Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's more questions after that should be well, followed.
1: And, 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 and whether or not he darkens the world for three days, that doesn't have anything to do with your relationship with Jesus, you know. So, right. So the, the goal is to bring it always back to the relationship with Jesus. That's what's primary. And, um, and your companionship with him and with our Blessed Mother Mary. But There's just a simple trusting in that. And um, if there's not a desire in your heart to wrestle with Jesus about some existential questions— then don't wrestle. If you want to wrestle and Jesus is inviting you to wrestle, then wrestle. But there's, there's I think, I, here's the issue. My, my generation in particular that, uh, fell victim to this, which was the desire for the epic life. We all wanted to have epic lives that we could post right. on Facebook and everybody admire us for the cool vacations we do and the great impact we're having in our careers. And um, you don't see a lot of people desiring the simple life. That may be starting, though. Um, but just like, you know, posting on Facebook, Hey, uh, nothing really happened today. Uh, but I I heard a bird sing,
0: isn't that Roman got a Coke zero from, right? Yeah.
1: So, but but a desire just to, to live a simple life that doesn't have to show off. And, um, and I think, I think that that's a good thing in and of itself. Most of the things I do like as a priest, as a pastor is catechesis or just counsel, um, advice giving, um, uh, the, the spiritual direction, which is fun, I think for uh, spiritual directors, is one priest described it to me as you're invited into the love story of a person's spiritual life, uh, of their vocation. And that's kind of cool. Uh, watching the, the, um, the seminary and in their, in their relationship with God begin to flourish, uh, to nourish them in, in a particularly special way. It's just interesting. I think of, I don't know how it works with married people, but I assume you and Jackie feel like you're going through this life together. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, like this is your you're teammates on a common
0: mission, right? To annoy the heck of the Father Scott any chance we get, correct? Very good, very yes. good. That's right.
1: right. <laughs> um, the priest feels that same way with Jesus, not in a sexual way, of course, but in a friendship way. We're working on a project together. And that, that gives the, 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 the priest's heart joy. And then Mary there is, is to support as well. So the priest is a bit of an amphibian, right? He's got a foot in heaven and a foot on earth. Right. But you'll notice this with the priests.
0: We're a little weird.
1: Yes, you are. Yes. And, and we're, we're abnormal in that way. And, but in a way that you laity like, because you're like, and Fulton Sheen used to say this all the time. He said he would say, there's something mysterious about them. And the priest is mysterious even unto themselves. And um, but when other priests get together with other priests, there's an immediate kinship. We're like, we know what it's like to breathe out of the water. You know what I mean? Yes. We also know what it's like to swim in the water.
0: You frog.
1: Yes. But we also enjoy, it, 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 we, we know there are other lands. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Which is why I, I sympathize so much with Frodo in The Lord of the Rings when they come back from Mordor. And Samwise is there, and he wants to ask Rosie on the dance floor and go dancing. Frodo has no desire to marry. Right? Why, right. Does, why does Frodo have no desire to marry? Because he's a bit of amphibian now. He's, he wants to go to the Undying Lands. There's an aching in his heart to, to leave Middle-earth with the elves because he knows he's just passing through. And so the world never gives has a chance to really enchant um, Frodo. And so there's always, a, there's always a, there's a bit of a sadness. And it's the same with the heart of a priest. There's always a bit of a sadness because, um, because you realize this world isn't all there is to be. But this comes in very handy when tragedy, right? When, when you're going into a home where everybody is, does, they're overwhelmed by grief. I mean, how can you deal with a tragedy of this magnitude? The priest is like, well, you're all going to die anyway. So why are you so upset? You know what I mean? And not like a harsh way. Right. But like, well, haven't I been telling you that we're passing through this life? I I remember my, um, I'm going to get personal here. My sister's son passed away. He was only a month old when he died. And I remember it was interesting watching how different people interacted. I'm in the house and it's the first time it occurred to me. uh, You know, all these other people are not used to being around people when they're going through the worst moment in the history of their lives. You know what I mean? Like as a priest, I'm but quite, you are, I'm quite used to this. You know, I'm used to being surrounded by death in the worst case situation. I've, I've prayed rosaries with mothers, you know, whose sons have taken their lives consoled uh, mothers where their sons have, Ooh, I've got uh, mothers have come to me to, to come to court where their son is going to face a jail sentence. Uh, I've, I've been, uh, guys have been victims of shootings. Um, uh, Emergency situations where you've got to show up at the hospital to, to give them the last rites. Um, making decisions about whether or not to pull the plug uh, because they got into a car accident. Um, and I guess, like, one of those would be, like, a big thing in a person's life. Like, they would remember that for all time. You know. But I've had so many of these that it's, it's kind of like, you just, I've been to far more funerals than I've ever been to weddings,
0: Right. And that's So a it's weird like you're thing. almost like desensitized to it in a way.
1: There's there's a there's a there's a It's not a numbness. I, I actually see it as a clarity. And the reason I bring this up is because my sister was talking to my cousin's daughter, who's about seven, and she was like, "I don't know why you guys are so unhappy. I mean, he's in heaven now, so we should be rejoicing that he's in heaven." This little seven-year-old girl. Yes. And I'm like, and and she and I have had great religious conversations. I'll never forget when I asked her once. She goes, I asked her once, I said, why, um, why do you think Adam and Eve ate the apple? And she got real serious. Little <laughs> and she goes, because they were jealous of God. And I go, woo, woo, Maren. That's very impressive. Um, but she, in her innocence, you know, the adults would say, oh, she really doesn't get it. But as a priest, I'm like, maybe actually, she gets it better than she we do. gets it better than the adults are getting it. Because she's right, eventually, we're all going to be in heaven. And, um, at least we all hope, well, that's our hope. Yes. And, uh, as we, as we stay close to Jesus, this can be a reasonable hope. And so, um, eventually that's our, that's our goal. And, um, and, and this whole life is, is just a passing through. And, and, um, but I, 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 I've noticed this in myself as I've changed, as I got ordained a priest, it's, um, I mean, I used to, the biggest desire in my heart, I thought, was to get married and have kids and settle in a little bungalow in Hyattsville, Maryland, and teach at to math Catholic school for the rest of my life. Um, How wrong were you? No, I have a friend who actually lived that particular, he's in he's in a bungalow, uh, has two kids now, living in Hyattsville, and uh, his name is Nathaniel, and uh, we were in seminary together. <laughs> and he turned back and he loves to tell me, I'm living the dream, Homer, I'm living your dream. <laughs> and I go... Um, but, but it's a dream that wasn't from God. And I was very surprised that he led me down this different path. It's funny. Now, if I were to think back at being married, living in a bungalow in Hyattsville, two kids of my own, this is going to sound harsh. You can't imagine it. Not only can I not, I have no desire for it, which, which is really weird because I really strongly desired it for so long. And it was but it was a surface. It was. It was. It was a deep desire, but it was still just on the surface. It wasn't. There was something deeper, and I didn't know what that deeper was. And um, and I would not desire now uh, to have a wife or kids, family of my own. This makes me weird. Yeah, you're weird. Yeah, but but it's because I'd rather work with Jesus. Uh, like we've been working for the last 10 years together uh, since seminary, you know, then um, try to do something on my own. So,
0: yeah. so then, how is so you had your friend discern out of seminary or
1: mm-hmm.
0: shocked? And now he's living your dream. Um, how would you, as a spiritual director, kind of because part of you? The personal part of you wants more priests, right? Like there's a... I used to. Interesting. Uh, I used to. Uh, that's because I thought there was a need. Um,
1: and now we're losing all these people. So the need is reduced. <laughs> but but my, 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 my principal goal, I, I've changed a lot on stuff, is I used to want to, to try to save people's souls. Uh, I thought that was right. what the priest did. I've given up on that. Cool. Uh, yes, yes. In, in, instead... Uh, I want to help people come to know Jesus uh, and then let him do the soul saving. So uh, that makes it a lot easier on me and, and much more effective. So with the spiritual directory, like a seminarian yes, uh, who may be struggling, uh, you want to give the seminarian complete freedom. I want you to imagine leaving the seminary. I want you to imagine marrying this girl that you're so sweet on. Just imagine that whole life together as best as you can. really. Play that out in your prayer with Jesus, you know, um, and and see where that leads you. And if the person's called to marriage, they'll they'll leave the seminary, hooray, right? But if they desire something more, and that more really is a, something they really strongly desire, they'll be led back to uh, the priesthood. And, um, and 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 here's where you got to trust in Jesus. Jesus is their primary spiritual director. I just help point him to Jesus. They've got to have that relationship with Jesus, though. Mm-hmm. You don't want a guy leaving the seminary where Jesus uh, is, is hasn't told them to go pursue marriage yet or um, staying in the seminary when Jesus hasn't said, I want you to be a priest yet. Yeah. There's, there's a... I mean, you've got... To, this is where the spiritual direction is very important. Right. There is a real call. And you've got to respond to that call. Um, but the hard part is often we have idols of our own fantasies, and we think this is what it's going to take to be happy, and I need to have these things in order to be happy. And if that's a desire placed in your heart to have kids and to raise a family, um, then good. That's, that's where Jesus is leading you. But if Jesus hasn't placed that desire in heart, he's placed a different desire. As you have now heard from me, this is a very different desire than my friend Nathaniel. Right, right. Um, then I have to follow that desire, which is so different than the desires of the people I, the, the mass majority of human beings in this world. You know, it's very weird. Um, so this doesn't. I'm not saying it, it's just different. It's not better. It's just different. Um, you know, uh, his father. You know, I know one priest who likes to say it's like I've won the lottery uh, in terms of. Being chosen to, to, to go on this road. So it's, it's, I don't know if I would say win the
0: lottery. Yeah. That's a very interesting because you, you talk to married couples and they feel like they've won the lottery too. Right. And that, and that's kind of this weird, this weird situation though. Maybe both won the lottery. Correct. They did. You know, they did like in this idea of people winning the lottery. If you didn't feel like you won the lottery, then maybe you're not in the right area. Well, I, well it's interesting I, I don't feel like I won
1: the lie I wouldn't use that that language for myself um, I would say do you I, find peace yes very much so very much so there's peace there I like how you said that uh, I, if I tried to do something else I would immediately start to lose that peace uh, immediately uh, it, would, it would start to dissipate it would it'd be it would be like like sticking a frog in a place where a frog can't live you know
0: I don't know where that was. Good, good, good job. Yeah, thank you. We're right. <laughs> no, out of no, your analogy there. Th- yes,
1: yeah. I was trying to think where, where, like taking a fish and saying, "Hey, you can swim around on the land." I, it just wouldn't work. I would be like, <gasps> and, it would, and I, I remember this like throughout my my college years. I was a train wreck in terms of uh, living because I was called to be a priest and I kept running from it in every different direction. I was like a Jonah,
0: total Jonah. So. Um, at least he didn't die. What do you mean? Jonah died in the whale. Did mean, he die? Yeah, he died.
1: How can you be so sure he died? He because it die, say,
0: huh? I guess it It literally says in the Bible, you know, the same word that Jesus used with with Lazarus. Right. God used with Jonah after he was spit out by the whale, which is rise.
1: Oh, right. True. But, but I don't think he died in the whale. Pretty sure he died. I'm not sure he died. Okay. I'm not sure he did. Because that would have... I mm, mean, resuscitated. No, I don't know about that. I think he just was in the belly of the whale for three days. Mm, mm-hmm. Delicious whale digestive juices. So, um, but the whole point is kind of a nursery tale. That, that, but, but even with Jonah, it's like he uh, reluctantly did it. It was very successful. And I was very reluctant, too. So I didn't, I didn't really want to be a priest. I was hoping there was going to be a way out. Uh, when I was at seminary, but there wasn't, and then there was a desire then but but it was also there was also a strong desire there for a for a long time, but it was just uh it was just there's just normal fears that you have
0: um because it because it is so abnormal so have you seen people leave the priesthood and then come back or leave the seminary, not the priesthood yes, the seminary yes, for a couple of years yes. and then come back yes, I wonder what that's like.
1: Yeah, that we have a few of those guys. I think it's just they they left and then they came back because they they recognized, yeah, I'm still called to this because um, there's that wrestling that's still going on. And, um, yeah, so I've seen that happen a couple of times.
0: I mean, I guess if you have one of your spiritual directees going through this, what how would you how would you guide them? Get them, get them, get them to talk to Jesus. I mean... It-
1: That's all you got to do. Get them to Jesus. When when they encounter Jesus, they get clarity. When they get clarity, they get peace. So just get them to Jesus. Jesus will then tell them what they need to hear, and then he will give them a sense of clarity, and they'll get a deeper sense of peace. Jesus never comes out and just says, you're called the priesthood. Right. Right. Because he's much deeper than that. Right. He's like, um, uh, he kind of reveals something very authentic to the person. Yeah, yeah. But you want to give the person total freedom. You want to give them the freedom to leave if they want to leave. Um, and, uh, and then you, you've got to trust that Jesus actually calls people, you know, because he does. And I've seen some amazing things happen in spiritual direction with the seminarians, which would just blow your mind, just in terms of uh, how they've encountered God in their prayer. And you're just like, Oh yeah, there you go. And, you can, and it's so authentic that um, it's just very, 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 very powerful. And the Holy Spirit's working to the spiritual director, being like, okay, what passages of Scripture should they read? What would be a good next thing to, to contemplate? It's it's a lot of fun. So it's, it's one of the things I enjoy most about being a priest. Um, but I also enjoy hearing confessions, um, but uh, and giving homilies, and baptizing, and marrying, and even doing funerals, but oh uh, boy, well, it's tiring. It's, it's, it's tiring, but um,
0: as we can tell, yes.
1: Even with all the trials and tribulations, I wouldn't do anything differently. The thing that 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 Jesus says that makes me um, makes me really think is when He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, yes. He says, "Not my will, but your will be done," and He does what His Father wants. And that's what gives Jesus joy. It's not the popularity of the crowd. It's not whether or not he gets a lot of friends, or how good his friends are, or how much his friends support him in his life, whether or not he gets married. His primary joy comes from working with his dad uh, in the Salvation of the World project that they got going on. And uh, that's that's the primary joy of the priest, Uh, not the friendships that they have, although those are good. And those, are, those are very helpful. But I remember one student for a class project asked me, how do you deal as a priest with nobody coming back to church? Like, how have you dealt with that as a priest? That was a great question for class. And I said, I don't care. Um, and that sounds a little harsh. It's like, well, don't you care that people are not coming back? And I go, well, you know, not really. Um, because my sense of identity doesn't come from whether or not people show up to mass. My sense of identity comes from whether or not I'm doing I'm working with Jesus or not. And and that gives me my sense of completeness. Having people come to mass and seeing people gathering again, that that's all gravy, but it's not essential.